Hello and welcome back to Small Talk. We've got a great episode ahead for you as we speak with a parent from Worcester College. I'm your host, Katie Mucci. Each week on this show, we highlight the past and present of Division Three, with both current and former student athletes joining to talk about their experiences, their favorite on-campus spots, the craziest road trip stories, and more. This week, we've got Andrew Armile, a current member of the football team, and Blake Moore, a Worcester Hall of Famer and former NFL player. We talk about their different experiences, how Blake stays involved on campus with the Board of Trustees. Thanks for joining this week. Now it's time for some small talk. Hello, my name is Andrew Armile. I'm a former football player at the College of Worcester. And hi, I'm Blake Moore, also a former football at the, at the College of Worcester, although a little bit older than Andrew, uh, class of 80, and uh, currently the uh, president and CEO of Touchstone Investments uh, based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Glad to be here, Kate. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. I know we are, um, luckily, Andrew is finished with finals, so not quite in the thick of it. Um, and then, and Blake, I know you're obviously very busy with your work. So thanks for hopping on here today. Um, as I mentioned before we got on here, this podcast is a lot about kind of seeing the past and the and the present of all of our D3 schools and around the membership. So first thing we're going to talk about is on-campus experiences. And this has always been a really fun question to ask in these interviews, um, just seeing how things have changed from, for one of you, 1980 to now 2023. So Andrew, you're going to kick this off and then Blake, you can just follow up. But what are you, when you're with your teammates, where are you guys going on campus? What are you, where are you hanging out? And then even in the local community, are there any restaurants that have kind of are kind of staples for you and your friends? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say now that I'm a little older, we are staying at a place called Schoolhouse, which is actually a renovated, uh, it's a renovated old school that's now like a dorm for apartment style living for students. So me and a couple of the guys on the football team have a room over there. So we'll kind of hang out there for most of the time and kind of have like team events. Guys just come over and hang out. We'll also have, I'd say, Nolan Cafe is a nice place too. It's actually in the new science building or fairly new science building uh, that we have. And then I, the last place I'd say is the alley, which is kind of like an arcade in the basement of Lowry, which is kind of our cafeteria and main building on campus. Say as far as places uh, around town to eat, I know all of us, like all the football guys, like we like going to Salsa Roja, which is a Mexican place downtown. Well, Andrew, I'm glad it's, it's Blake. I'm glad to uh, hear that things have progressed so well in the last uh, 40 or 50 years. So when I was when I was there on campus in the 70s, it was uh, mostly we would hang out uh, uh, in our dorms or dorm rooms. There weren't a whole lot of other places to hang out on campus. I know having been back and forth to campus many times since I graduated, that's changed a lot. Um, but we, you know, we'd hang out in somebody's dorm room, whoever had the best stereo playing good seventies rock and roll music. And, uh, typically we would try to get some carry out from our local favorite coach, a house pizza, C-O-C-C-I-A. It was a, was an institution for many decades. And I think it's still open. In fact, uh, uh, we just do the carry out run and have a big pizza and, uh, hang out. Blake, I'm going to ask you kind of a follow-up question. I know you you have not been on campus or not, um, and as a student and in, in a bit, but you are still really, really invested in the the College of Worcester and and the students there and the campus. Can you talk about maybe your your service on the board of trustees and um, what that's been like and why you also wanted to stay so in touch with the college? 
Sure. I was very fortunate to be asked to or invited to join the Board of Trustees in 2008 and uh, served for better part of 15 years, which I, I loved. It reconnected me with the college. Not that I had completely lost touch, but my work had taken me a long way away from Ohio. Um, and uh, loved serving on the board, really getting to know the college a lot better from that standpoint. Um, went through a lot of um, New, new, new builds and new programs, um, uh, renovated the uh, Scott Center, renovated the uh, Student Center, renovated Cal, so all kinds of building on campus. It's made it just a much better place, at least in my humble opinion, to be a student. Hopefully Andrew agrees with that. Um, but it's, it's a much better place today than it was uh, when I went to school and there. And when I went to school in the 70s, I thought it was great and loved it. So uh, it's only gotten better. Yeah, Kevin, the, the SID at Worcester, who has, uh, gave me a lot of talking points for this interview, told me that Andrew is a biology major, so he takes advantage of one of those buildings that was part of um, a recent campaign that you chaired, the, the Ruth Williams Hall of Life Sciences. Um, so I know he definitely yeah, is. Andrew, yeah, yeah, Andrew, <laughs> tell me about that building. What do you think of it? We, we worked really hard to build that. <laughs> I'm just going to put it, you know, plain and simple. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, it's kind of one of the main reasons I, I went to Worcester was because along with athletics, it was also, you know, like I saw that biology building. I was like, man, like I can see myself taking classes here. I can see myself working in the labs here. It's just, you know, the architecture is great. It, it's very modern looking. It's honestly, I, I honestly just go there sometimes just to hang out, sometimes not even just to study and do my, my lab work. There That's you go. It's a recruiting tool it already. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. So those are some kind of on-campus things, but let's talk about off-campus, those travel experiences. I think, especially hearing from our former student athletes, these are always the fun stories to hear about the differences and how you guys are traveling. Um, so Blake, I'll have you start this one and then Andrew, you can follow up this time. How were you and your team traveling when you were going on the road for games? I know obviously um, <laughs> probably staying pretty close to Ohio, not going too far, but were you guys jamming into some vans? Did you get a bus? What was that experience like for you? Well, the standard the standard uh, 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 transportation was the, uh, the the Fighting Scott bus, uh, which in my days in the late '70s, and I'm not kidding when I say this because we 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 saw the number. It had 250,000 miles on it, uh, which for those of you who don't do quick math, that's uh, ten times around the world but I don't think it often left Ohio. Um, and you would jam people in there and they actually had these uh, in, the, in the aisle because you had to put too many people on the bus sometimes. And I'm sure this is illegal today. They had a little plywood uh, piece of wood that would fold down in the aisle between the two by two seats so you could get more people on the bus. So that was our standard, <laughs> standard mode of transportation around Ohio to away games. So trust me, we were always glad when it was a very short road trip. That sounds like a fire hazard if I've ever heard of one. Um, Andrew, you guys, you guys flipping down a board in the middle of your seats this year, these years? No, not exactly. Um, <laughs> we definitely have it way better nowadays. You know, we travel in for at least the farther away games. We travel in charter buses, uh, and we have the Worcester bus, but I think it's a. Uh, it's a lot more spacious and people aren't cramming in there. Uh, like you just said previously, uh, we have movies going on in there. There's like little TVs 
above the seats that we watch. Um, plenty of space, plenty of room. There's also the storage underneath where you could just put all your equipment and stuff like that. So I'd say we have it uh, pretty nice right now. So I can distinctly remember one road trip. I think we were going to Heidelberg uh, and, and we were in the bus and we're cruising down the, the uh, Ohio highway and we hear this horrible grinding sound and the bus uh, comes to a slow stop and you can look back, we can look back behind the bus and basically see the transmission uh, littered down the highway for the hundred yards behind the bus. So uh, I think they fixed it though. <laughs> Kept using it, but I'm really glad we have better transportation today for our uh, student athletes. That's a little scary. Um, <laughs> so like I said, you guys probably stayed pretty close to Ohio, pretty close to home. But did either of you guys get to have any kind of touristy experiences or maybe longer road trips during your time that were you have any stories from? Why don't you go first, Andrew, because I've got one if you don't. All right. I guess in general, we go to or we travel to Wabash and DePaul in Indiana. Those road trips are always fun. We're always just on a bus for about, you know, six, six and a half hours, just talking with the guys, just doing everything we can to not be completely bored on the bus trip. And I guess that's about it for, for that experience. So when I showed up uh, in uh, 1976 uh, as a freshman, my very first uh, college football experience was loading up the uh, bus and a couple of vans and driving eight, I think it was at least eight hours uh, or more to uh, upstate New York where we had our first game against Canisius College on a, and we played on a high school field in a rainstorm. So it was a, it was a mud bath. Um, but on the way up, talk about road trips on the way up, our offensive coach line coach, his brother played for the Buffalo bills. So we actually got to stop at the uh, stadium in Buffalo, take a tour of the stadium and, uh, and the locker room. And I'll never forget. And this was before he became famous for other unfortunate things. Um, O.J. Simpson was playing for the Buffalo Bills at the time, and, and uh, we walked by his locker, and his helmet was sitting there, and I, I actually tried it on, and I, I said out loud, I'm sure I said it out loud, I said, this guy has the biggest head, he must have one of the biggest heads in the world, because it was, his helmet was gigantic, <laughs> and so... Anyhow, that was uh, that was quite the road trip. We won the game, and did we stay overnight at a hotel? No, no, no. We got right back on the bus and arose, uh, arrived back in Worcester at like four or five in the morning uh, the night after the game. That that's uh, that's D three uh, travel in uh, in the seventies for sure. Yeah, your story sounds similar to some others I've heard during this podcast. Um, so now thinking back to academics and and the student part of student athlete um i know andrew is a biology major and and blake what was your major in college well uh it, it was going to be chemistry biology until i took a couple of biology classes and then because i'm not nearly as smart as andrew i quickly went over to history and uh ended up being a history major okay so probably not a ton of overlap well maybe a couple of those classes overlapped but um <laughs> yeah just for the beginning but how talk about your academic experience at the College of Worcester? How how was that for you, um, Blake? And then, um, you know, what do you remember from those times in terms of academics? Well, it, it's a one. It was wonderful because we had such uh, uh, we had small classes, very um, 
good uh, relationships with our faculty. They took a real interest, take a real interest in the students, and you're able to have dialogues in class. It wasn't a big lecture uh, scenario. And uh, in my postgraduate work, I did did go to a large school, and I've experienced that. Um, so just a very uh, intimate uh, way to uh, learn. And because of my because I majored in history, it also gave me a lot of flexibility to take classes in a lot of other disciplines. So I did take some sciences. I took uh, uh, courses, uh, you know, around the school and other areas, which I really valued, um, and uh, gave me a broad-based uh, liberal arts education, which I loved. As I like to say, people, I I learned a lot in high school, but I learned to think uh, when I was at the College of Worcester. I like that, Andrew. What about you? What's your academic experience been like? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that, you know, being a CEO of a company, uh, you know, that's no small feat. So I'd say you're, you're a very smart man as well. But I would say my experience is very similar to Blake's. Um, we, the, the faculty there, the professors, they're very accommodating. They're really there to help you learn and grow as a student and as a person. Like if you have other problems, they're, they're always willing to help you out. As far as the classes go as well, like broad, broad classes, many a different range of classes, different style, you know, different writing courses, history that I've taken, uh, stuff like that, as well as the biology classes. You know, it's really it really helped me to become a very well-rounded person and kind of just stealing uh, from from Blake. I kind of felt the same way, you know, like you learned in high school, but, you know, I learned to think in college. I think that he, he said it best right there. Well, so many, but of course, uh, appropriate is a, is a good guideline, uh, Katie. Uh, so I, we had, uh, I think this was my senior year, and um, we had, had been on a losing streak against one of our uh, regular opponents there in the Ohio Athletic Conference, changed since then, but it was Muskingum College. And Muskingum, we, I think we had lost to them like 20 years in a row. It was unbelievable. And uh, Muskingum College, is, uh, they, their nickname was the Muskies. Uh, which, if you don't know, is actually a kind of small fish. And uh, our head coach, he, was, uh, uh, he would use any kind of motivational technique he thought might work it for the week, um, somehow uh, got a hold of a small fish. He said it was a muskie. I'm not sure it was actually a muskie. Uh, but the entire week, uh, he had that fish uh, hung up on the goalpost uh, for all to see during every practice. And then at the end of the week, as we were doing our final pregame prep, uh, we, we uh, ceremoniously buried that fish and uh, the next day uh, beat the muskies uh, at home for the first time in about 20 years. So that was something I'll always remember. That fish is probably still buried there under the end zone somewhere. What about you, Andrew? Oh, that's a great story. I guess I, I, guess I have two that come to mind, one similar to Blake's. Uh, so we're getting ready to play Wittenberg last year and kind of our thing is we'll take a little stuffed animal a tiger and we'll kind of have it hanging up in the locker room and that's just kind of a reminder to you know to you know beat up on the tigers so uh, that kind of motivated us to to win the game last year we actually haven't beaten Wittenberg since 2008 so that was a huge win for us and I'd say having that little that little gesture in there was a motivating factor. And for my second story, I'd say it happened my this past year, actually. 
Uh, it was our last game of this season against Wittenberg again. And uh, so I was sitting there, you know, broken back, breaking my collarbone. I couldn't play for for most of my senior year, but I was kind of in charge of other things. And one of the things I was in charge of was making sure the turnover sword was there. So for the turnover sword, if you get like an interception, a fumble recovery, anything like that, a defensive stop, anything like that, you'll get to hold up the turnover sword. So I was freaking out. I was like, I can't find the turnover sword. Where it's at? Asking all the coaches where it's at. And then before the game in the locker room for, you know, the hype speech, uh, Coach Calapretti, our head coach right now, is dressed up as a fighting Scott. He has the the plaid skirt on. He's got the turnover sword in his hand. He's out here yelling and screaming and getting us excited before the game. So I think that was that will forever be one of my greatest memories uh, at Worcester. I love that, Andrew. Remember, it's a kilt, not a skirt. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, what am I doing? <laughs> That's a good lead up to another I, question. One thing Kevin told me to ask about was um, some of the traditions that are maybe very unique to Worcester with the bagpipers leading the team down the hill on game day. What is what are those traditions like? I know I'll, I'll start with Blake on this one. I know obviously you played in college, you went to the NFL, so you've been around a lot of traditions and and things like that. But how does that one stand out to you at all? Well, I'll tell you, Katie, when I when I go back to campus on game day and when I, or I was back in our board meetings on game day and our board meeting would, would go sometimes until the game started, I would get up and leave the board meeting and walk outside for that tradition. They, they gathered the whole team on the side of the hill just uh, off the field. And the uh, Scott bagpipers uh, marched down the hill playing the bagpipes uh, and uh, lead the team onto the field. It's one of the most amazing traditions you've ever seen. And if, you, if you're not fired up to play a game after uh, going through that, uh, you're not going to get fired up to play. It's amazing. Andrew, what do you think about that? I'd have to agree. That's one of the greatest Worcester traditions of all time, lining the hill, being there with your brothers, ready to go to war. And like you said, like if that doesn't get you excited to go go play some football, then I don't know what will. I'll have to come make it to a game next year. See that for myself. Um, so those were some fun memories, but I also want to hear your favorite memories during your time. So uh, what is a memory you have that just kind of stands out to you as something you're going to look back on and um, you know, for Andrew, for you, maybe in five years, 10 years, or or you, Blake, when you look back now at your career, what stands out to you? So, Andrew, I'll have you kick this one off. I would say one of the most defining moments for me personally was, so I started my sophomore year as a safety, and then kind of like halfway through the season, they they made me an outside linebacker. And I was kind of struggling with that change, um, just on the field, learning the new I guess the new position because I had never played before and we were playing Wabash and I ended up getting my first sack against them. And that was just a very defining moment because it was, you know, like I'm still a great player. I persevered through, you know, a little position change here and there. And it kind of just showed like my determination to win. And I thought that was like a great, a great moment for me. And we ended up, we ended up beating Wabash that game at their brand, their opening of their brand new stadium. So I think that was one of the greatest moments for me. That's a great story, Andrew. And, and boy, change of positions is hard, really hard to do. Um, so with the benefit of many, 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 many more years uh, since I've played, um, as I look back, um, it's not really any one memory. It's just it's the fact 
that I was able to play in such a, a great small college environment. Um, I still exchange uh, texts and emails and uh, old football pictures with my uh, two best friends and college roommates and teammates uh, from uh, those years there. And I, I just know it makes the three of us smile every time we have a, a back and forth about uh, our college playing days and the fun we had and some of the memories uh, that we had while playing. And Andrew, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of that too if you get to be an old man like I am. But it's it's just you never forget it, and it's something that always makes you smile and feel good about going to a small college and being able to play ball and be a student at the same time. Well, that leads me perfectly into sort of our wrap up of this conversation. Um, just some talking about Division Three and your D3 experiences. So talk about what it means to you to be or to have been a Division Three student athlete. And, you know, Andrew, I'll have you start this one. But for you, is it, you know, being involved in organizations or groups on campus or things like that? Like, what did it mean to you to be able to be a D3 student athlete? I think, I guess, first and foremost, you kind of hear it all the time. The balance of academics and athletics is, you know, I think it's unparalleled to any other division. You see, like, Division One players, they kind of focus on sometimes mainly just the athletic side. But, you know, at D3 here, especially at the College of Worcester, I have a lot of opportunities to excel uh, athletically with the great coaching staff, you know, great facilities, as well as academically with similar stuff, you know, the same uh, great staff great facilities. Thank you. Thank you, Blake, <laughs> for that one. Um, and then also the organizations on campus. I am, I do, uh, I'm a part of um, Men Working for Change, which is a partnership group with 180 uh, downtown. And it's actually just to spread, it's to spread the awareness for sexual harassment. And I'm in that uh, group with a bunch of the other football guys. And we do a great job with volunteering our time on uh, various activities, you know, just different stuff like that. So I think it's having that D3 experience really shows you that it's more than just one aspect of life. It's really about, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And I would, I would echo a lot of that, uh, Andrew. Um, when I, when I went away to college, um, even though I planned to play football, it certainly wasn't the motivating decision as to why I went to Worcester. I went for the, uh, the academics and the small college environment and education and football just happened to be, be a part of that package that I was able to take part in it. And for me, at least it turned into something much bigger, but, but it was always about the, uh, the whole experience. Um, and then it's just playing that forward a uh, couple of decades. Uh, I was really, um, as a, as a father, I was just so pleased to see my daughter um, able to take her high school water polo career and, and play uh, at a D, good D3 school out on the West Coast, Pomona College, and play for four years in a really strong program in D3 and play in, the, play in a tournament, D3 national tournament each year. And just what a great thing to be able to watch your daughter experience that kind of competition and camaraderie and, and teamwork um, all over again as a, as a parent. It was really amazing to see. I love that you're spreading the D3 uh, message down a generation. Um, and hopefully that continues. So my last question for both of you, actually second to last question, because I do have one at the end, but my my last Division Three question for you both, 
Um, this podcast is part of our 50th anniversary of Division Three celebration. So we're 50 years down, many more to come. What do you see or what do you hope to see for the future of Division Three? And and Blake, you can kick that one off. Yeah, it's fine. As we see, as we see all the uh, conversation and discussion about big college athletics and the money and NIL and, and the conference changes and the transfer transfer portal, it's the I would say the distinction between what I call uh, uh, college athletics combined with being a student uh, is growing ever larger. And I think that D3 is going to have a really strong future because there will always be a lot of people like like Andrew, like me, like the thousands of other uh, young people that want to have a have a great college athletic experience and go to school and be a great student and do all the other things you can do without all the noise uh, that big college athletics brings to bear. I think there's going to be a place for that for a long time. Um, and I think uh, D3 is going to get stronger and stronger uh, as the distinction between the two gets larger and larger. Yeah, I think he uh, he said that he took the words right out of my mouth. He said it best, you know, the distinction between having the academic and athletic side to Division three is kind of what sets it apart. And that's definitely a big motivator to play Division three sports. And it's not always the easiest thing, you know, it's kind of like, you have to really manage your time and really find the balance, but you really learn a lot about it. You learn about a lot about yourself as well. And I think that Worcester here especially has really developed my character in, in a great way. All right. Now my last question, and this was something Andrew and I talked about a couple minutes before you hopped on Blake, but I asked if Andrew had ever met you and he said, no, haven't met him in person, but we have messaged on LinkedIn. So Andrew said there was some kind of story behind it. So now Andrew, you do have to tell me the story. Yeah, he might not remember. He may. He may. It was uh, kind of during the summertime. Um, my aunt happens to work at uh, the same building, or she works in the same building, or something like that. And she happened to see your license plate number, which oh was... no no I know your aunt. Yes, okay. We met in the parking garage. Yep, the the <laughs> yeah. Scots, and then your football number there. Yeah, Scots fifty two. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah, so yeah, she kind of told up. me. A, Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, like, she kind of brought that up, and I was like, man, that's really cool. Like, I heard about Blake before. Like, I see him, like, I guess in our little Hall of Fame thing and in, in the near the locker room down there. And I was like, you know, like, like, that's really cool that you met him, you know? Like, that's awesome. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yes, yeah, she talked, she talked very highly of you. And in fact, one of the days that I saw her, she said, Yeah, we're we're going up to, I think it was the Wittenberg game, actually. And uh and I wished uh, wish the team and you well. So that's, I'm glad you remembered that story. Yes, funny. Small world. What a very small, small world. world. Well, thank you both so much for hopping on here today. I appreciate you taking time to to join the podcast and talk about your experiences. And it was really fun to kind of hear um, the differences. I'm sure Blake, you're you're cringing at what your experiences were compared to now a little bit, but um, it's really excited to hear everything and, and glad it's all improving for the better. Just, just makes the memories better. Andrew, I'm glad you had such a great experience at Worcester, and so did I. It's just two different time, periods of time. But Katie, thanks for your time. We you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. It was an honor meeting with Blake. And although it was virtually, it was great of you to bring us together, Katie. I just thank you for the opportunity. To everyone listening, thanks for tuning into this episode of Small Talk. 
We post new episodes every Thursday. To follow along with everything Division Three, you can find us on social media at NCAAD3 or NCAADIII. Make sure to join the conversation with us all year long by using the hashtag DIII50. Have a great day, and we'll see you for some more small talk next week.